We're live. We're live, baby. Hopefully my chair's not too squeaky today. I kind of switched the setup around. People don't want to hear your squeaky chair. Squeaks. Oh, we should probably do our intro. Welcome to Apartment 309 Podcast, the one-sided storytelling podcast where I dive into true crime or the paranormal and tell it to my captive audience boyfriend while he reacts occasionally, basically just recording part of our normal day. I'm Lauren. And I'm Eric. And we live... In, In apartment, apartment 309. Do you hear that? So many sounds happening today, and I'm it's not a rainstorm, but it, it is the shit storm that is our house. Just the sounds of life. I wouldn't call it a shit storm though. It's fairly neutral. I don't know. We had, we all had a lot of dairy today. Did you have plenty of cake? I had so much cake. It was my grandma's birthday and we all gathered and celebrated her life and nobody knew how old she was turning, but she did. She did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the chances of her being wrong about that are? I don't know. I don't know. Fairly high, but I'm going to take her word for it. How was your weekend otherwise? Weekend was great. We had our market and it went really well brought the kiddo to it and he made a couple of sales so i paid him commission and for his time yeah market was a good time yeah he's learning the value of a buck he is and you made us uniforms so that was pretty cool we made us uniforms we made us uniforms so those are pretty cool yeah it was fun how was your weekend nice and not super busy which i like cool yeah rare and i like hanging out with your grandma yeah. And your family, because they got interesting stories. And they're hilarious. I want to hear more about your grandma's story. She's got a lot of travels under her belt. She does. She's actually a published author. You can go read some of her books. Although they are fiction. Romance? No. They're they're fiction about her travels in, in the Middle East and Europe and Africa. Oh. Yeah. My grandma. She's She's full of them. <laughs> she's full of it. Full of it. And we got to meet her bird, and her bird hates everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's a bird. What do you expect? Well, birds usually, I, I mean, I don't know. I think pets take after their owners a little bit. It's been so long since I've seen a bird in a cage. Right? Do you know, I think it's a cockatiel that she has. Yeah. Some kind of cock. She, <laughs> she's in a cage. <laughs> no, but the, the bird. Oh, shoot. I can't remember the bird's name. Doesn't matter. She was like looking at all of us, giving us the bombastic side eye. And then if you went anywhere near her cage, she would just little beak and the tongue in there. She was funny. Yeah. Arabella. That's her name. Arabella or just Arabelle? Well. It was one or the other. Yeah. It depends on who you're talking to. Right. <laughs> anyway, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. And they're going up to Nova Scotia on vacation. Here, they being my aunt and uncle and grandma, and they gave us a couple of things to look up for episodes. Yeah, we got to do some some Nova, Nova Scotia themed episodes. Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah, we did UFOs discuss a lot of juicy, juicy potential content. You, you, I actually heard a new word this week, agathocacological, which is both good and evil. Are we going to start doing words of the week? We could start doing words of the week. That would be fun. We could. We could A. We could start with A. 
Agathocacal. No, not alpha. Well, alphabetical order, whatever. This is your time to shine. Agathocacological. What's the definition? Composed of both good and evil. Oh. The dichotomy of good and evil. Agathocacological. Agathocacological. Agathocaca. Got it. It's a agathos, which is good, and kakos, which is evil. Logical. Agathocacological. It's like that tres leches cake, because it's delicious, but it's horrible for you. <laughs> how would how would you apply that? That cake is agathocacological. Agathocacologic cake. Lish. <laughs> but that's annoying people that like describe those types of things with big words in a casual setting. Yeah. Like all oh, that. I it. love cake, but it's so bad for you. Like, yeah, it's agathocacological. And then they look at you like you're an idiot for not knowing what that word is. Right. And then they describe it to you like you should have known. Like you could have used eight different words to describe that and you chose that one. AFI, the band, A Fire Inside, they always throw some like big, weird, agathocacological word into their songs. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at their lyrics in like every song, they have like one big word. Which actually I appreciate because most songs these days on radio and stuff are at a third grade reading level. Literally. Yeah, they just repeat the same five words. Yeah, it's pathetic. It's bad. Here at Apartment 309, we use the big words. <laughs> we are an intellectual community. We are a balanced community. <laughs> no dummies around here. Right. My son was just complaining about people using big words that he doesn't understand. Well, hand him a dictionary. He can do like how I did when I would just read the dictionary. And a lot of people do i think do that but i think people should do that more now than ever i'm sorry you just sat there and read the dictionary yeah woof yeah you just read the dictionary you don't have to read it like a novel you know this you guy just... looked at me like i was an idiot yeah. no <laughs> yeah, not at all everybody does that yeah a lot of people do that and i think it's very or at least have done that in the past i i, I think that's a great thing to you don't have to read it like like i said from back to front which nobody would unless you're in, like in a different country that they do that from front to back. You wouldn't need to read it from front to back. I'm just saying like open it and read a little bit every day, like a page. That's still that depends on the size of the dictionary. They've got little pocket dictionaries. Yeah, even though it's great big boys have a pocket dictionary, learn words. That's my my mission. That's a little word of advice. That's a word of advice. Eric's ways to live <laughs> your life. That's it. All right. All right. What do you got for us today? What I've got for you today is gross. It's just gross. You were telling me that. I was telling you that. It is a little bit true crime, mostly just gross. It is about a man, a Frenchman named Terrar. That is gross. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is back in 1772. Terrar was born near Lyon, France. Although there's no official record of his birth, it's I guess it's not really known what exact date he was born on or even what his actual name was. So like I said, there's no official record. They just know he was born in the countryside out by Lyon, France. Hopefully around 1772, it's all estimated. Allegedly. So it's thought that Terrar is actually a nickname that he picked up in his life in his early years. 
Terrar is known as the hungriest man in the world. As a child, he was growing up in the countryside. He consumed just extreme amounts of food, and he developed a special liking for meat. By the time he was a teenager, he could actually knock back an entire quarter of a bullock, which is a young male bull, in a single day. He was a teenager. What? Yeah. His parents, they couldn't afford to feed him anymore. So I don't feel so bad for myself anymore with a teenage boy. They, I, he's not eating a quarter of a bull. They kicked him out. They were like, good luck, my guy. We can't afford to feed you anymore. Say lovey. Spread your wings. Wow, that's one way to handle that. Congratulations. You're an adult now. Get out. <laughs> you eat too much. Go. Leave. Just that's leave. crazy. <laughs> So this brings up some other factors besides his incredible appetite, and it kind of makes you feel bad for his parents because he didn't just eat a load of food at the dinner table. He would eat food from the trash. He would eat food from the gutter. He would eat things that aren't food but kind of had food-like qualities, and we'll get into that later. He also smelled, and he wasn't like teenage boy smell. He smelled so awful that some people in his life said it was intolerable to be within a 20-foot radius of him. So, like, this man smelled, and the smell would actually get worse after he ate, and he was eating constantly. Interesting. He was hot to the touch, he would sweat profusely, and those unlucky souls near enough to him would actually get sick from the smell. He'd go out and eat, he'd get the meat sweats, the meat sweats, that's right. <laughs> He'd get the meat sweats and he would just stink. It was the grossest of gross. So I feel like it's probably downtown Denver, but in like one person. Yeah, I, I've I run to, into those people <laughs> all the time. And one of the weird things with that is when he would eat a normal serving throughout the day, he actually became really lethargic and weak at point just hmm. becoming bedridden. And he was unable to care for himself. He had to continuously eat just massive amounts of food. He maintained a very small frame. In his older years, he weighed only about 100 pounds. And it says he was considered to be of average height. So I looked up average height for men in 1770s France. And that came up between 5'6 and 5'8. So he's 5'6, 5'8, and 100 pounds, which is underweight skin and bones yeah yeah skin and bones and this man is eating a quarter of bowl in a day allegedly allegedly he had an, an unusually large mouth and when he opened it from his lip to lip fully opened ready to shovel food in there is about four inches there's yeah there you go try to open your mouth that's what maybe two about two inches yeah and i have a wide mouth you do you've got a big mouth <laughs> Can you fit your whole fist in there? <laughs> Very close. I bet you could fit mine. Let's <laughs> I love you're that. trying to shove my fist oh in Oh my, my God, could you imagine if I shoved my fist in your mouth and it got stuck and then we had to go to the emergency room? <laughs> That's the thing. It would get stuck, yeah. I <laughs> feel like, what happened here? But you just, un like, you just let go of the fist. What if I couldn't, though? Like, what if it was all jammed up in there? That would be unfortunate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Okay, so this man had an unusually large mouth that could open four inches wide. He had thin, almost imperceivable lips, just little baby lips, and then heavily stained teeth. 
His skin would hang loose in odd places, like his cheeks and on his torso, and they would stretch out really far. It would allow his distended stomach room. So when his stomach wasn't full, the, the skin just hung loose, and it did on his cheeks as well. And he could actually shove multiple items, like a handful of apples, into his mouth and just jam it up like a hamster. What the heck? In the sides of his cheeks, and they would fill up. Isn't that weird? That is very weird. Yeah, just saggy skin. Just so you know, to this day, his symptoms, they have guessed, and they've been given ideas of what he could have possibly been suffering from, but he's never been officially diagnosed. He was also not the only reported case during that time. Very, for a very short period of time in the late 1700s, there was multiple cases of this, and there have not been since. There were none recorded before, and there have been none recorded after. In France, in this same area? I'm not sure exactly where, but I, I was under the impression when I was reading through it that it was in Europe in general, not yeah. necessarily just France. Yeah, that would be interesting to know more about. Yeah, very weird. He is the only one that was autopsied, or at least partially autopsied, uh, with them trying to figure out why he was the way he was. None of the other reported cases had been autopsied. All right, so we're back. He has just been given the boot from his childhood home. He's now homeless, and he's wandering the streets of Lyon. Left the countryside, went into the city. He joined up with a band of miscreants there, of thieves and prostitutes, where he would steal and beg for food with this group. Eventually, he was noticed by a traveling charlatan who then brought him up on stage as a freak show act. It was the, his opening act to draw the crowds in. During this act, he would consume really grotesque things. And trigger warning, not everything was deceased at the time of consumption. So just if you don't want to hear what that, maybe heck? skip forward a little bit, a couple of seconds. All right, so he would consume some really grotesque things, such as corks, stones, live cats, and one of his big tricks was swallowing an entire basket of apples without chewing. <laughs> what? Yeah, so he would just apple after apple after apple, a, a basket, so like a bushel of apples, whole. And this was like normal for him. This was normal. Except for, for the cats, him. I imagine, or maybe, I don't know. Well, we do go into a little bit more detail how those were consumed, but as far as the apples go, they would distend his stomach. They would expand it. People said it looked impossible to get your stomach that large without bursting. So another part of his act is the after effect. Again, skip forward if you'd like. During his act with a cat, an onlooker from the crowd was quoted as saying, he seized a live cat with his teeth, even traded it, and I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but eventrated it, which means to disembowel, sucked its blood, and ate it, leaving the bare skeleton only. He also ate dogs in the same manner. Yeah, and there there is what? some some scientific proof. There's some scientific. What there's the there's heck? some documented proof behind him doing this. It wasn't just a sideshow act where it was staged. It it actually happened in a hospital later. That's so weird. Giving Ozzy Osbourne a run for his money. There you go. <laughs> it's awful. Oddly enough, after he'd eaten and the stench around him got worse, his eyes and cheeks would get bloodshot. Just every time he ate, he would get bloodshot eyes and cheeks. His mouth would gape. 
and his jaws would make gulping or swallowing motions like he was continuing to eat. He would look like he was chewing and gulping and swallowing. The smell around him was so rancid that it actually had a visible vapor that would rise above him like heat waves off the asphalt in the summer. That's how bad this man smelled. Come on down to see the stretchy, hungry, stinky man. Yeah. (laughs) That's so weird. What a superpower. Yeah. He's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Swallow a whole man. (laughs) Right? Just unhinge his jaw. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Ugh. Around 1788, this was all before he was 16 after he got kicked out of his home. Now he's 16, he moves to Paris to become a street performer. He had the same act there, except for one time he ate something that caused a a clog in his system, so he plugged up like his bowels. He was sent to the hospital for care because he was in a bad way. They just gave him some laxatives, and during his recovery time, he offered to show off his abilities to the surgeon by eating his pocket watch and chain. Which I'm sure there was probably some alternative motives behind that. I don't know if he was right. He was like, "I'll back. eat your gold. Give me your money. I'll <laughs> eat it whole." Weird. His surgeon told him that if he even so much as tried, the items would be recovered by cutting Tarar open to fetch them. Tarar at 16, getting out of the hospital, he's feeling a little bit better. He's got some of his spunk left. He decides to join the French Revolutionary Army during the start of the War of the First Coalition. I'm American. We aren't taught much in school about things that don't revolve around the U.S., so I had to look this up. And basically, several different European factions were jockeying for different parts of France between the years 1792 and 1797, initially against the Constitutional Kingdom of France and then the French Republic, which preceded it. So they never succeeded, and it was probably due to the various factions. They fought each other. There was very little coordination between them, and there was very little coordination within them. It was just kind of Wildman's land, is is what I understood from what I read. Okay. Allegedly. So I didn't I didn't look further into that to figure out which area Tarar's team was fighting for. I have no idea which side he was on, who won what. I just know that when he was put into the bunks. His bunkmates all had issues with his after-dinner musk. <laughs> so he's given the normal rations of a soldier while he's there, and it wasn't near enough to satiate his hunger and his caloric needs. As I said before, he gets lethargic. He gets tired. The man looks like he's on the edge of starvation at any given point in time, and he wasn't able to fulfill his duties. So they admit him to the military hospital, and I looked this up in... Soltsu Fahits, located in northeastern France. Okay. Yeah, if I said that wrong, I apologize. I tried. I might have been wrong, but you said it very nicely. Well, thank you. I tried. He was diagnosed with extreme exhaustion, and they attempted to help him recover from such. But he is now granted the rations of four soldiers. He spent enough time there that they kind of picked up on what was going on, and they were like, there's something wrong with this guy, and he's weird, and he's gross, and feed him more, and let's see what happens. Wow, they are very astute. (laughs) I mean, it's the late 1700s. They're still, you know, sucking ghosts out of your blood with cocaine. Like, it doesn't... (laughs) What did you want? (laughs) Right. Okay. So the four rations only really seem to whet his appetite. And it led him to wander the halls in search of something more. 
They didn't have him in a guarded room. He was there, you know, voluntarily at this point. He scavenged the garbage and he picked over scraps that had been left out by other patients. I don't know if it was just leave your dirty dishes in the hall kind of thing, but he would go through and just clean up everything that got left behind. And he went so far as to even go into the hospital's apothecary and he ate the poultices there. Okay. So a poultice is actually a soft, moist mass that's used to draw heat or bacteria from a wound. Ugh. I, what the heck is a soft, moist mass? Like a sponge? <laughs> Ew. So it's usually a wet wad of plant material, or they sometimes used flour. Like in Lord of the Rings, when Aragorn chews on the weed... And then he sticks it into Frodo's shoulder after he gets stabbed like an idiot on their way to Rivendell. Right. And then Aragorn makes a spit wad and just jams it into the open wound. You remember that? Uh, yes, yes. Soft, moist mass. Anyway, nowadays, if you go look it up, you're probably going to pull back poultice mixes that are used on horses. Okay, yeah. Terrar's just over here eating them. And we have no idea if it's the ones that were in the garbage or ones that were on the shelf waiting to be used. The used ones? Ugh. <laughs> they just pull bacteria out of wounds. What an unreasonably hungry man. Nobody could understand why he had the appetite he did, why his body was so underweight, or if there was something wrong with him mentally. Fortunately for him, it's pre-lobotomy, so they just kind of observed him, questioned him, talked to him, got to know him, and it was a general consensus above the, the people, among the people that were around him that he was of sound mind, and he's generally just kind of an easygoing guy. He's just really gross and weird. Right. They decided to test how much he could eat. They were doing experiments on him, and they wanted to see, okay, what's his limit? So they led him to where the cooks had prepared a meal for 15 laborers that were working near the hospital. And instead of restraining him in front of the food, which is what they would normally do, they allowed him to just go ham. Just eat as much as you want, my guy. And he just zeroed in on this table. He polished off two large meat pies meant for 15 people, multiple plates of a grease and salt mixture. Okay. Four gallons of milk. Four gallons of milk in one sitting. That's insane. Yeah. And I don't know what the grease and salt mixture is. But whatever, he fell asleep right after he was done. <laughs> just passed out. The doctors are looking at him and they noted in the experiment that his belly had been fully distended and inflated like a large balloon. Just grotesque. So they noted of all the obscene things and the amounts that he consumed, he did not excessively vomit and he had chronic diarrhea. Just whoosh, went right through him. Wow. I can imagine. That's not the most surprising part. No, it's not, especially depending on what stage those poultices were in in their life. Oh, yeah, diarrhea. No kidding. Diarrhea, you say? Like what? What's that Pepto song? Upset stomach, diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Diarrhea is also a really hard word to spell, just in case you were wondering. Is it? Yeah, spell diarrhea. D-I-A-R-R-E-H-E-A. You added an extra letter in there, but I did get a warning at the beginning of this that you used to sit and read the dictionary, so that one's on me. <laughs> I thought it was really hard to spell. <laughs> the doctors had upped their game at this point and had heard the rumors, 
they offered him another live cat. They observed him tearing the cat apart from its middle, eviscerating it, drinking its blood, and consuming it in its entirety, leaving only the bones. He then vomited the skin and fur like a disgusting human owl pellet. Ew. They moved on to other animals, including snakes, which he developed a liking for, lizards, and, unfortunately, puppies. They even gave him a live eel, which he swallowed whole after crushing its head with his teeth. I wanted to know, did they starve him up to that point, or was it just lunchtime and he was like, game? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he was more than willing to do all of this stuff, but is it, if he was always eating this much, it seems, sounds like he was always starving, which leads me to believe that he had some kind of imbalance with, uh, you know, parts of your brain that tell you when you're done eating. You know, that's a thing now where there's plenty of people that have that imbalance that have to regulate their own, you know, eating schedules and stuff because as far as them being hungry, they can do that all the time. That They, they mess with these parts of your brain uh, for like dietary things, I don't know, programs, I guess, or where like you literally take medication to control your appetite. Yes, and the symptom or the syndrome that you're talking about, it's called Prader-Willi syndrome. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's actually a genetic disorder. Uh, shows up when you're about two, and it's the constant feeling of hum- hunger. You you will literally eat anything because you constantly feel hungry. Right. They did try to diagnose him with that, but there's certain things that matched him for that diagnosis, and certain things that clearly didn't. And that happens quite a bit. They thought maybe there was some brain damage. Maybe there was genetic disorders. Maybe something had happened. You know, something developed wrong. It's, and it's, they didn't do a full autopsy on his brain, nor did they keep it or preserve it. So it can't be studied now. So it can't be officially diagnosed. Huh, there's also the, related to the, the thyroid. Yes, and the... The thyroid would more closely match because with Prader-Willi, it's something where you do gain weight. You just can't stop eating. And he didn't right. gain weight. So with the thyroid, you can't gain weight. Yeah, it sounds more like a metabolism thing. You either can't lose weight or you can't gain weight. And so nothing really fully matches what he was dealing with. Hmm. Unless you combine a whole bunch of them. <laughs> and I, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, I think it's really extreme with the animals, especially with mammals eating right. them whole. Right, which leads... M- it's like eating a kiwi with a peel on. Yeah, which why I was leaning towards the chemical imbalance of being hungry all the time, because we, like that's more than just obviously a metabolism issue if you're willing to eat live cats and live you know eels and stuff like that, which obviously, I mean, they do things that are s- slightly similar to that in certain countries still, where they eat you know, delicacies and stuff like live animals and stuff, but just a straight up live cat. I mean, I don't think anyone's doing that as a delicacy. No. That's that's extreme hunger. Yeah. That's like willing to do ridiculous things just to get know. something in your stomach. I know there's places that still eat dogs, but even there it's becoming taboo or forbidden. I don't know anywhere that eats cats. Snakes and lizards, that's not unheard of. Eels, not unheard of cats 
Right. It's if, weird. If I mean, you know cats somewhere that thin. eats cats, let us know. Right in. Yeah, cats are generally thin, unless you're talking about a big fat cat, which is not common. Apartment 309 podcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you know where they eat cats. Tell us about the cats. Do you eat cats? Don't eat cats. Don't eat cats, but do you? Tell no, us about it. it. <laughs> don't tell us. I don't want to know. We want to hear from you. Ignorance is bliss. This man over here. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> He's still enlisted at this time. He's been enlisted this whole time. They're just doing weird experiments with him in the hospital. Just so we don't forget. It's been several months of this. And he gets called back to duty. His his superiors were like, okay, enough. He's probably fine. And the doctors are like, no, wait. This guy is crazy. He's a scientific curiosity. He's one of a kind. They're trying to convince these guys to just let them keep experimenting on him. He doesn't really have a say in the matter because he's enlisted and he's in a military hospital. What they want to do, they get to do. The doctors convince his superiors to try at least one more experiment on him. And what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to pass notes through enemy territory inside of him. They're like, "This, this dude can eat anything. Check this out. So instead of a message in a bottle, they're going to try to write a secret note, place it in a small wooden box, have him swallow it, and then poop it out once he gets to his destination. So they, they're going to smuggle this note through, you know, enemy eyes and get it to where it needs to go inside of him. And they dressed him up like a German peasant to deliver this message to a French colonel that was in Prussian territory. He didn't speak a lick of German. And although he was found to be mentally sound, they were very concerned about his mental state just because it was so heavily reliant on scavenging for food. Like, could he stay on track? So he doesn't speak German. He's dressed as a German. He's trying to get to a French colonel. He's in Prussian territory. He gets caught immediately. And luckily for everyone, they lied to him and they were like, Terrar, this is a critical, really important message. You need to get it to where it's going. Just, just get it there. Don't get caught. He's panicking because now he's been caught. After about 24 hours, they break him. He explains the whole scheme to these Prussian soldiers. They bring their general in, and Terrar's like, okay, just so you guys know, I, I swallowed this one box. I ate my secret message. It's got critical information about my people, and it's really going to be helpful to you if you find it. For 30 hours, they chain him up to a toilet under watching guard. He finally craps this box out. <laughs> okay. And this general is super pissed because they pulled a note out and all it says on there is, has this message been received? If so, reply. Wow. <laughs> and that was a loose interpretation. Sure. <laughs> but that's that's all it said. Just, did you get the message? Okay, send it back. <laughs> Text back. The general is not happy about it. He thought he was going to win the war of nobody knows what. They sensed him to death. and They sensed Terrar to death, and they're sending him down to the gallows. At the 11th hour, this general decides, Neh, and they pull him off the scaffolding, pull the rope off him, and let him go. They release him close to French territory. I don't know. I, I'm wondering, was it out of pity? They had him for over 48 hours. How bad was the smell at that point? Right. Ugh. Terrar gets back into French territory. He's at wit's end with his condition. 
He's in his 20s now, and it was agreed that they would make every effort to try to cure him instead of just trying to figure out what's wrong with him. He's like, we're not making headway. Somebody please help me. They gave him tobacco pills. They gave him laudanum. They gave him wine vinegar. Remember, this man smells worse after he eats. I mentioned the meat sweats. I don't know about you, but if you drink, if you eat too much garlic, you start smelling like garlic. They gave him a diet of wine vinegar. Wow. <laughs> and they finally, again, the smell gave him a diet consisting of only soft-boiled eggs. Why? I guess probably because they're plentiful. And this is the part where it gets really rough. So if the previous talk of the animal experiments bothered you, I would suggest skipping forward a, a couple of minutes. So with any attempt made to keep him on a restrictive diet, he would escape his room to steal food from other patients. This is his second time in the hospital. Sometimes he escaped the hospital altogether. He would go actually fight wild dogs in the streets for scraps that they had found, birds that had been caught, other waste that had been left in the gutters. He was caught bloodletting patients to get at their blood for sustenance. Oh, God. He was, oh, this is awful. He was even caught going into the morgue and feasting on the remains that had been left unattended. Yeah, I kind of saw that as the uh, the logical direction that that was eventually going to go in. <laughs> yeah. So he's cannibalizing deceased bodies. It bugged a bunch of people. They tried to have him transferred to a lunatic asylum after he got caught doing that a few times. But the powers that be, the guys in charge, chose to keep him in the military hospital to continue the experimentation. Um, sometimes in science... They're the ones that decide how far is too far by going too far. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the benefit of that would have been. Just that he was willing to cannibalize, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. No, the benefit of studying him. Like, what are you going to learn? I don't know. Somebody that's a bottomless pit and can seemingly eat food and survive that other people would die from. He's eating things that shouldn't be eaten. Corks. He was eating rocks like an alligator. I don't know. Figure out why is this man the way he is. Amazing. I had, I want to know if it was genetic or something because no, we don't know anything about his parents. But the final straw happened when a 14-month-old toddler was left unattended for a period in the hospital. Uh, the child disappeared under circumstances that left the hospital staff and other patients convinced that Tarar had consumed it. Yep. Makes sense. So they literally chased him from the grounds. They said, screw it. it gone. Done. Out. Goodbye. I, I don't know if any of the toddler was ever found. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't sentence him to death. Yeah. Okay. Um, He ended up, they chased him from the grounds, and he disappeared from records for four years. He went into hiding. He showed back up at a hospital in Versailles in 1798. He was malnourished, sickly, and lethargic. He was bedridden. They pondered on what was causing the illness, wondering if he had finally eaten something that was slowly killing him. It was rumored that he had eaten a golden fork. I'm assuming, again, that theft strategy of trying to smuggle it in himself they felt maybe it had gotten lodged somewhere and was causing an infection. 
they never recovered any fork. That was just something they talked about. They brought in the surgeon that had been experimenting on him, who inspected him. He discovered that it was an advanced case of tuberculosis. Uh, Tarar passed a month later after developing a case of exudative diarrhea, and that is diarrhea that contains pus and blood. Gross. Pretty rough. Pretty, pretty gross. What's the possibility of that he would have just had a parasite? If he would have had something like a tapeworm? Tapeworms present themselves in other ways as well. And part of the danger of tapeworms, you swallow one tapeworm and you swallow it in an effort to try to lose weight by having the worm eat the food that you're eating. Well, that worm's going to move through your system and it actually exits out the walls of your organs, so your stomach or your intestines, and it enters your body, and then it starts burrowing into other organs, and it burrows holes into them, and it procreates. And so now you have hundreds of worms burrowing through your organs. You don't live very long after that starts happening. Hmm. It's pretty gnarly. <sighs> thousand and one ways to die um but they ended up cutting open his body for the autopsy most of the doctors in the area absolutely refused to partake you thought he smelled in life smell in death in death was tenfold his body started to putrefy almost immediately after death and they cut him open it was just filled with pus they found that most of his organs were enlarged his stomach was absolutely covered in ulcers, and they were actually unable to complete the autopsy because of the unbearable putrid stench from the pus. Like, his body was just full of it. Ugh. It almost makes you think of, like, modern-day zombies. He never gains weight. He can't eat his fill. He's willing to eat anything. People. And he's putrefying. Yeah, that's crazy. In like seconds. Yes. <laughs> so, and he smells. He smells awful. Sounds like a zombie. Sounds like a zombie. He mm -hmm. might be a zombie. Is this a paranormal episode? It is now. Conspiracy theory. They gave up and to this day they have no official diagnosis. They didn't know enough about the brain to look into different syndromes or whatnot. They didn't find any worms, I'll tell you that much. But Tarar is just forever known as the hungriest man in the world. And to me, he's the gross, smelly kid who ate cats and babies. Yeah, it sounds like he had some kind of parasite. I mean, I don't know. Was he a parasite? Apparently. Maybe it, it uh, X-filed its way out of him as soon as he died. Maybe it was keeping, maybe he was dead and the parasite was keeping him alive. And the parasite left as soon as he died. Yeah, like one of those parasites that hook up to your brain. Something like that. But that's all I got for you. That's horrible. I hated it. The gross, smelly, smelly guy. Terrible. Terrible story. Forever hungry. Might be a zombie. We don't know. Zomb yeah, French zombie. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Sacre bleu. He says that we are parasite. <laughs> we are on a stink. That's all I got for you. Now I need to go make dinner. That was horrible. That was awful. Yeah. That's Thanks for gross. that. Sorry, Tarar. But I, I can understand why his parents probably kicked him out. He's probably like going around. It, you don't even have a dog and he's just eating your shoes. Yeah, he's eating all your cows. 
If he's eating like, how much did he say? A quarter of a cow a day? Quarter of a bullock. So a small male So he was bull. eating a bullock every four days. Bullock. Yeah, he's eating all of the food for the family. Yeah, for like a year in yeah. one day. Horrible. Ugh. Anyway. No, no, I'm disturbed. Disturbed. I wonder if he ate like leather shoes. I w- <laughs> you just wake up. <laughs> That's and like he's... the most tame thing you could have thought of. <laughs> like, I wonder if he ate leather shoes. Like, he ate everything else. <laughs> if he didn't eat leather shoes, I'm shocked. You see, honey, there's something in the field. It's bugging the cows. And you go over and he just peeks his head out from the other side of a cow, just covered in blood. Ooh, vampires. He, he was. Eh, zombies fits better. Zombie. He's just chewing on the side of a cow. Right. Tarar's in the field again. I mean, he could have been a vampire. You know, they say that like vampires, where's that in Bram Stoker's? Bram Stoker. Bram, Bram Stoker. Yeah, like, you know, the the vampires have to feed on rats and stuff and it makes them sick, but they have to do it to survive. That's kind of like him. Like, I wonder if he, after he ate that kid, then he was like, man, I feel great. He was drinking blood. He was bloodletting patients to drink their blood. That's so crazy. And he would drink the blood of animals before he'd eat the animal. Yeah, you gotta be starving. Like, dude, I gotta get something now. I've only ever seen that with Bear Grylls when he kills a snake and he drains it and he's just like, we'll save this bit for later. And then he pees in it and he's like, we'll hold this for later. (laughs) Bear, just slow down, man. You're gonna hurt yourself running and you can't drink your pee later. You gotta drink it now or never. It's now or never, my friend. Crazy. Bacteria. Okay. Well, I, I like to think... That he's a zombie, he's the French smelly zombie, and that's that. Whole stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us tonight in apartment 309. Please feel free to send us your story if you eat cats or if you have any experiences with the paranormal true crime, alien encounters, or anything of the like. We would love to hear it. Our email is apartment309podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. What else? We have a P.O. box, but I don't know the address. I got nothing left after that story. If I figure out the P.O. box, I'll let you guys know. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review. Follow us. And we hope you join myself, Lauren. And Eric. Next time in in apartment apartment 309. 309.